0: Hi, it's Brad from Headbangers. Today, we've got Scott from Clark. We had an amazing chat about the new album that's coming out, um, how he's influenced, you know, black metal, and um, with some new guitar playing that was influenced by his solo projects that's now formed into the band. Um, we also get to talk about his personality a bit. He does a lot of graphic design and other creative aspects of the band, including that he used to film some music videos. He now edits some, um, so we have a big talk, chat about that as well. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the episodes. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoy the content and you want to see more. Um, we're also on social media. It's everything is Headbangers Podcast except for Twitter, which is Headbangers Pod One. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Headbangers. welcome back to the Headbangers Podcast, where you here, Nathan and Brad. Here today, we're joined by Scott from Cloak. How are you doing, man? To start off with.
1: I'm alright. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, doing yeah, good. Man. good man. Doing good. Um, so one thing we like always like to start is, um, what's your like funniest gig or tour story that you can recall? I'm sure you've had plenty of adventures in your time. So, what's one thing that sticks out to you the most?
1: Um, honestly, nothing is sticking out to me right now, but. uh about every time we go on and do festivals, um, we have more of an extensive stage setup than most bands. And the promoter, you know, the stage hands are always yelling at us. So that happened last weekend in Durham. And, you know, it's always like, cut the candles. We can't do this. We can't do that. And, that, uh, and we're just like, we got to do our fucking show. So (laughs) we're going to set it up the way we need to, but yeah, we're always mm, pretty much pissing off all those people and not on purpose. It's just cause it, it takes a little bit longer for us to do it. So not so much a funny story, but more of, um, an annoyance every time that we have to do festivals. I'm sure it'll happen in Baltimore. We got to go up next weekend and do a fest there. So
0: <laughs> I'm just surprised that, like, they get pissed off about it because surely, like, you know, after all that time in the industry, they've seen, like, a lot of bands, much like yourself, that, you know, they take a lot of theatrical approach to their, you know, performance. Uh, I don't know why they would have a problem with it. You know, there's so many bands that do that, even, like, you know, big bands and stuff, like, in the, yeah. the pop industry or any of the stuff like that. You know, they've always got, like, you know, excessive stage productions uh I don't know why that'd be an issue especially given you know you guys as well
1: yeah I think it's just because the turnovers at festivals is so quick you have to change over your set in 15 minutes which it I mean come on uh, it's a bit ridiculous but you know they just want they just expect each band to throw an amp up and and not change the drum set at all and you know these things take take time but um yeah festivals aren't honestly because of that reason are never really my favorite to play because it's never it's a good sampler is kind of what is the way that i view them and you know when you do your own shows that's you can do it more the way that you want to or when you're on tour it's a lot more uh customized to to where you want to go with it so yeah it's always oh, yeah. it's always uh, it's always a pain in the ass but worth it in the end
2: yeah. yeah i imagine like festivals are more restrictive in that in that like that sense um. Yeah. So I gotta say, I listened to the your new single, "The Holy Dark." Loved it. Boy, it was absolutely great. Um, I just wanted to ask, could you take us through like the creative process for that track and how it sort of differed from like all the other ones that you've done in the pre in in the past?
1: Sure. Uh. Yeah. First of all, I appreciate it. Um. That's actually been our fastest growing single. Uh, one that uh that we didn't really expect to be that. Um. We thought Invictus was going to be kind of the one. And I think in a way, maybe it is, but it was the first one that we brought out. So Holy Dark, you know, had it had two stepping stones, which were the first two singles. And then that one kind of took off more. But um, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you asked that because it was different, especially for the Holy Dark, because during 2020, I toyed around with doing a solo project uh, that was going to be more um, classic black metal uh sounding uh, more like early Gorgoroth and um, Sargeist and stuff like that and so I I had a couple songs and that was actually Holy Dark um, before it was called Holy Dark was one one of the demos that I had um, recorded and it was slightly different and um, I showed the guys the song and I can't remember if if they said something or I said something but we, we were just thinking maybe that this could be a cool cloak song because it, it, it was the same structure. It started out with that double bass, um, you know, the overkill motorhead beat, but uh, but more in terms of what I was doing, it was more of like a, a burzum uh beat, uh, kind of something like that. But yeah, and we we just tried it and we, we reconfigured the demo a little bit and we changed some some drum beats to like we kept the same riffs, we changed the drum beats, um, and then. We did, we kind of changed it the break section a little bit, uh, added the kind of the softer break section. And we're like, this is a this is a cloak track. Um, let's let's go ahead and keep this as a cloak song. And I was skeptical of it, to be honest. It's like, I don't know. And I think I think our drummer was skeptical of it too. But I mean <laughs> seemingly it's been the the best uh uh response of the single so far so i think it was a good move um and it's pretty it's just interesting how it came about and uh to also add um kind of a fun fact the name of my solar project was black flame eternal oh wow and so, yeah so we and that never really i never did anything with it i had about two songs recorded that i just did myself and um we just took the name and we're like that could be a good album name because the original album name was actually going to be ethereal fire which is the the first track on the album and and we kind of were like black flame eternal is a cool is a cool title more fitting maybe for this it's more has that more like uh just iconic sound to it and, and the three words and each of our our last albums were, were three words two venomous depths the burning dawn black flame eternal so we wanted to stick to the, the trio of words. And um, yeah, I've never actually, I've never told anybody that uh, in an interview so far. So that that's kind of a cool little uh, fact how the album title came about too. I, I think having that solo project frame of mind influenced this new Cloak record 100% because you always come in and you start a new record and you don't really know what you're gonna do with it. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted it to be a little more aggressive but I think doing those solo tracks freed my mind um and gave me the influence to see where I wanted to go with this new cloak one. So in many ways that was a, a pretty important step for me personally for for the songwriting on this album.
0: It's pretty great as oh, well. Yeah, I think, like uh, you did like, you know, this song and it was like meant to be a solo project and like now that song influences this, this new era of Clark's. Uh it's yeah, definitely yeah. like supposed to be complimentary and I hope. Help the other guys yeah. are pulling the weight. It seems like you've done a lot of the stuff for this album. So, No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's cool though. And like you said, I think sometimes when you're not focusing on this thing, like, you know, like a new album coming out and then you just focus on something else entirely. I think the creative juices sometimes start flowing a bit more when you're not like directly focused on it. Um, Are you like, are you still planning to do like the Seller project or are you more focusing Clark now that you've issued in this new era?
1: Yeah, I think, I think um once, the cloak writing really took off. And then now we're into the album process. I think it, that is really a back burner thing. But um, I had two really cool songs and then two synth tracks uh, that I had for the EP, uh, you know, probably a tape release. Maybe one day we'll put it out or I'll put it out. Um. Because they were they were good songs, uh, but it's, it's it's such on the back burner right now that it's you know it could be a couple of years down the line. I, I need to mix them and and master them, and then I think I need to add vocals to one of the songs. But
2: no, oh, yeah, but I, I do find like if you if you spend some time writing something else, it puts you into a completely different frame of mind to when you go back to your original thing. But as well, I like on the solo project stuff, even just doing your own thing and not releasing it, you can get some like satisfaction from that as well. Like, I've got a friend, Lee, who just, like, writes brutal death metal tracks, like, all the time, and it's just for himself. Like, there's been times where I've been talking to him, it's like, oh, check this out, you know, I just wrote this today. And it'd, be, it'd be sick, you like, oh, are you putting that on anyway? Nah, that's just for me. Uh, yeah. Like, it's just so funny, like, you know, you get some kind of, I know a lot of people that get a lot of satisfaction from just going, this was in my head, I got it out of my head, and this is just for me. I like it, I like this. So Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that for sure. It's just to just to get it out of your mind. And um I'm I'm kinda on that creative break now. Every time the every time the album comes out, I, I don't even think about I think I took a couple months uh at the beginning of this year, the end of last year to to do some new demos for like a next cloak record. But I I I need that separation. I need that break. So right now I'm not even, you know, we had to do all the music videos um and all that and the just the designs and just figuring out everything. And I have a huge hand and all that. So I just I need that separation now. And then now we're doing touring. So we need to really just kind of refocus on that. And then when we have downtime, we will go back and, and start writing again. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a cycle
0: that's one thing i wanted to pull you up on actually because like the, the music the musical parents of the videos is, is incredible as well um you know what kind of work went into that and you said you had a hand in that So, uh, you know how, how much were you digging your teeth into that then
1: um well i actually i, I do all the videos I've, I've actually edited every single cloak video oh, wow. that we've done yeah, yeah. and um on the second album, me and Max shot the videos. Uh, first album, we had a, just a close friend shoot him for us. And then on this one, we uh, brought in our friend Nick to shoot, because um, we didn't want to shoot him again for this one. Um, like the Lyric video for Seven Thunders, I did all of that you know, without any shooting. Uh, it was just footage I've gathered. Um, and yeah, so for Invictus, we shot it. Um, between a couple nights, Uh, it was in January, it was freezing. Uh, it was like 22 degrees. Um, so that was a night I'll never forget. And, uh, it was, it was hard to get through that one. And the fires were blowing out and and just massive. We had a lot of wind that night. Um, so it was a challenge, but, uh, that's always, that always can be a good thing and it can kind of shine through in, in the footage. Um, so yeah, we did that. And then I edited that one. And then, um, like I said, I did that lyric video, uh, actually, before all these, I, I had some time to to get that one together. And then, for Holy Dark, it was just that the idea I had was to make it a lot more raw and and just kind of nasty and and gross and um, you know intertwine some footage of some uh powerful film pieces that I like. and um I didn't really, you know, I was like, yeah, this is this is I think this one could be could be good and and maybe it'll. I, I didn't really think it would come out the way it did, but I think it's like, it's kind of everyone's favorite now. Um, I, I thought it would be just sort of the last one that we needed to do and maybe not my favorite, but something still good and substantial. But um, yeah, I think it, it it exceeded our expectations for sure. So um, we, yeah, we sh-
0: like, Was it hard for you? Because I know like I do like video editing and videography myself as well. Like, was it hard for you to like give the creative control to somebody else to shoot? I know you said you were doing the editing as well, and that was that's still like a, a fundamental part. But was it like hard for you to not use your own footage to then edit in the future, or was it like a nice sort of collaborative atmosphere for you? Actually,
1: yeah, it was collaborative. Um, we, yeah, it wasn't too stressful. I trusted him, and um, I essentially directed what he needed to do, and it, it wasn't a big deal or anything. So, it, it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. And he he knew he knew what he he needed to do. So, um, yeah, it all turned out good
2: awesome how did you start getting to the the video editing side of things i'm curious uh, uh, because I, I i i find that stuff sort of interesting how people sort of get, got into it
1: yeah so i mean i i grew up uh you know in the night like uh late 90s early 2000s was was kind of my coming into my um teen and skateboarding years so that was how i got into it was uh we, you know we were skaters um you know and then the jackass stuff came along so we were filming oh, yeah. each other <laughs> Shit like that um that's just what you did in the burbs but uh yeah man it was it was skateboarding and um, making movies we started making movies uh, for fun in middle school high school um, I just I always had a camcorder I I, would, I borrowed my dads and then eventually got my own and they were the um, the mini VHS tape camcorders and I just always loved toying with with film and, and movies and and then I studied it in uh, high school there was a film class uh, that's where I learned to, to do editing. Um, we actually learned on iMovie back then. And then once I got to college, I also studied film. We, um, we learned final cut pro. Hmm. Um, and now I actually use Adobe premiere. So, and I, I work, uh, I've worked in film and I've done, um, you know, so I have a background in it essentially, but yeah, I got into it through just basically skateboarding. And that's, I mean, that's how I discovered, uh, punk music and metal music basically as well. So. I think a lot of people my age can relate to that.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the 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 skateboarding scene is such a gateway into well, just this scene in general. Like, it's crazy yeah. how, how intertwined it actually is. Like, Absolutely. I remember when I was a kid, like, I used to hang around with guys who were always playing, like... I, I at the time, would always sleep on it, never really got into it. But then, like, as I got older, I'm like, oh, no, I, I actually heard this band back, the, back then, and, like, I regret so much not getting into like metal and, and punk and, and stuff like that. I yeah. any your age. I was just like completely blind to it.
1: Like Tony Hawk's Yeah. Oh, that, yeah mate.
2: That's amazing.
1: They were, they were iconic. Um, I, again, a lot of people, uh, I'm 33. So those were coming out when we were uh, 11, 12, 13, 14. So, um, I was getting tattooed the other day and we were, there was two guys in there and we were, we were talking about it. And, and everybody in that, that, that age group and that scene of skateboarding all had the same story. Like, oh, I, f- I found this band through Tony Hawk. I found Motorhead through Tony Hawk, Iron Maiden, AFI, uh, Turbo Negro, like tons of bands through that that soundtrack. So um, that's and yeah, it was a staple for our generation. You know, in the '80s, people got into music differently, but in the 2000s, that was a huge gateway for a lot of kids and and skate videos. Like the first time I ever heard Slayer uh it was an aggressive perfector. was in this uh zero escape video and i was like what is this is fucking awesome but i didn't i didn't know who it was <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: similar similar me like for me just hearing it and then like later on becoming fans of the band and mean, like oh, i remember when like i yeah, used to listen to yeah. this at the skate park all the time and shit like that yeah. like it was just like i'd always used to passively hear it and just never check it out on exactly. my own yeah and then Blit on got into it and I'm like, oh, it unlocks so many memories. Like yeah. right. Yeah, it's like it's in the
1: background and then you hear it. It's like when you hear um, you know, when you uh bands have movie clip uh uh like movie samples in their songs, and then you see it in, in a movie that you're watching, you're like, Oh shit, that's from that song. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of like in the back of your brain and and then you hear it. Um but yeah, it's it's cool, man. Like I I I really appreciated having those uh growing up because that was kind of the last era of you know like mtv culture uh alternative radio was was really big we we had a station called 99x in atlanta and they played you know metallica and green day and offspring bands like that would influence a a fourth grader um a lot so that was yeah I, i really appreciated having that i think that's how a lot of our generation got in i mean like alternative music was cool you know new metal was getting big whether you liked it or not like i, I liked you know corn a lot in fourth and fifth grade and that was kind of the first heavy band i listened to so it's uh yeah it was it was good to have
2: right definitely, definitely. um one thing that i noticed with you guys when i was listen, listening to you was two things mainly like the atmosphere and the actual groove but you still <laughs> felt like still black metal i was just wondering yeah. how do you sort of like juggle those like because on paper it sounds like they'd be sort of like opposite ends of the spectrum but like i think how you guys do it really it makes it really work well so like what's sort of your secret to it
1: um well i think sean is a very groove driven drummer um he's really unique and i think the way that i write songs is actually not really so riff heavy it's it's more rhythmic heavy because i came from punk and punk didn't have leads. <laughs> there was no lead playing really in, in punk. It was all, you know, power chords and and rhythmic driven. So I think I still just have that side to me, even though now I I like riffs and leads and, and things like that. But I don't think like cloak has never really been a band where it's been uh, all about the riffs, the riffs that, you know, it's not, you, you know, those bands that it's just, it's all about the riff, but for cloak, it's about the songwriting and, um, I think that's really something that, it, like you said, it makes us stand out a bit and um, and we do, and but we also infuse a, a lot of leads now and like the Iron Maiden style leads and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, we've always been more driven to write a, a good song and a, and a good um, rhythmic section to, to the song rather than just riff, 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 riff you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you oh, guys yeah, have, like, a, a bit of a rock and roll feel, I thought, as well, which is, I don't know if that's, like, too off the ball to say, but, like, you know, you yeah. listen to songs, like you said, they are really perfectly written, and sometimes that can be lost a bit in black metal, uh, Yeah, yeah. much I love the genre. And I do like the more avant-garde stuff, but, you know, it's sometimes nice to hear what black metal would be in that sort of style.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we get that comparison all the time. People throw, like, black and roll term onto us, which I, I that's kind of a silly term to me, but like, rock and roll, I mean you know metal is rock and roll so we we, yeah. we wanted to keep that backbone there um because i mean we love love bands like uh Juice Priest Motorhead and, and bands like that but we also love the the heavier bands or the thrashier bands so we we like to infuse all that but um yeah i think it's just how it's just how I write songs and how Sean drums and it just kind of comes across that way. We've you know, we've always kind of especially our first two records had more of that mid pace. It was just it was basically all mid-pace feel. And this one we did a experiment with going a bit faster. Um so it's it's a nice kind of change up, but it still holds that that rhythmic feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Who right. would you say like He's... influenced like your guitar playing the most? Like you know, if you could name like three musicians that like you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if it wasn't for these three people, like who shaped oh, your oh, sound man. basically?
1: Um, well, all the way from my youth, I guess I really liked the the punk years of, of a band called AFI. Um yeah, AFI, great. Yeah, weird weird thing to throw out for a lot of metalheads, but again, being my age when that band was coming up, they were like kings of the underground. So Jade Puget from AFI uh, always thought he was great. Um, Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden is one of my favorites. Um, I don't know if he's one of my favorite. I, I, I think he's very underrated as Wolf Hoffman from except I think is an excellent, uh, metal guitarist. Um, and, uh, honestly, uh, James Hetfield from Metallica as a rhythm player he's incredible. Um, you know, he sings and plays such different things at the same time. It's really impressive. Um, yeah, him and, and Dave Mustaine even. But uh, yeah, I would say James Hetfield is more of that solid, just that downstroke like is, is super impressive. So yeah, I'd say I'd say people like people people like that.
2: Yeah, also on like sort of Brad's point, what are some of the bands that I influenced the band as a whole that you sort of pulled from?
1: Yeah. Um well. Yeah, those bands I mentioned, but uh, uh, as artists, uh, Glenn Danzig, all of Glenn, all of his bands. um, We grew up on the Misfits, uh, Sam Hain, and then obviously Danzig. Um, I mentioned him in basically every interview Um, because as an artist, he kept his own way and he kept it dark and he never really gave a shit what people thought um, because he always did something a bit different than what was mainstream at the time. Um, Corthon from Bathory uh obviously john from dissection um and uh yeah and, and then metallica too uh and slayer so bands like that the, the big ones we you know we love tons of underground bands but the the big ones are are the best for a reason you know
2: yeah, oh, yeah definitely i i relate heavily to the uh the danzig one as well because like my friend james got me to danzig awesome. and like i remember he put mother on and I i was like because I'd never, I've never, I'd never really listened to him. I've obviously always been aware of him, but never had like the chance to like sit down and actually listen to him. He put Mother on. I was like, "What's this?" He went, he like looked at me, and he was like, "Fucking Danzig, how do you know that? What this isn't?" I was like, "This is." I, like, I was like, "I've oh, just never had the chance to listen to him, like, bro. He's fucking Metal Elvis, man. Like he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like we just it? did a deep dive. It was great. I like, yeah. honestly, I love him."
1: Yeah, did you, um, did he say anything off of uh, like the second or third album?
2: He he probably did, but I'm terrible at remembering like album names and song names. So, like, it was literally just everything. He just queued a shite ton of songs and we just listened to the whole thing.
1: Awesome. Yeah, man. That, I mean, uh, man, there, those first four albums really, but the, the first three, especially for, for most fans are, are just incredible. Um, misfits were, you know, one of my favorite bands growing up and they were yeah, so right. raw, but so catchy, uh, you know, it was like the Ramones, but uh, honestly, almost proto black metal at the time they had corpse paint. They sang extremely violent lyrics. It was, it was horror based. Um, and then he went into Sam and did almost that the pagan, uh, you know pseudo satanic stuff at the time and that was super different than what was going on so i mean yeah he, he's just such a massive influence for me um and oh, then yeah. the rest of us too
0: i think the cool thing about oh, misfits yeah. as well like there's just so many different eras that probably influence a different section of different bands because then you've got like obviously jerry only's little era of misfits as well yeah. like when they've got proper thrashy and that influenced like the thrashian really heavily as well. So yeah, 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 honestly him, you know, Danzig, Misfits, everything like that, just incredible influences on everything.
1: For sure. Even even the artwork and uh the, the graphic design and the flyers and the shirts back then. Um, you know, I I have I like having an eye for that stuff. And I, I have a couple books with with a lot of the, the like misfits art and flyers and photos and it's just it's amazing. I, I love all those photographs
2: oh yeah there's like that classic Misfits hoodie as well with like I got the the skull on the back I was like I have yet to meet anyone into this music that hasn't got that hoodie somewhere yep. like, yeah I had it it's very true like, every single one of my friends have had it at some point I'm like it's literally yeah. like the staple of like when you first sort of get into Misfits you always exactly. buy that that same hoodie
1: exactly and and uh yeah, getting a misfit shirt back then, like in you know when we were getting into stuff, two thousand two, two thousand three, uh, was kind of like a rite of passage. It was like, what, what is that skull? Like, I, you know, you go into a hot topic or something. Because um, again, that's what was that's where you got your band shirts before you kind of when you were younger. But yeah, you'd always see the misfit stuff, and, and you wondered what it was. And this kid in our school had a bright orange shirt with a black fiend skull on it and i, I thought it was so cool because it was like halloween colors but um yeah man like getting those misfit shirts back then was, was almost a rite of passage I, I still love them i try to i'm trying to go back now and, and collect the ones that i i used to have that that i don't know like don't fit or got thrown away or given to people but um because a lot of those designs are, are like huge prints and they look really cool still so Oh, no, yeah. Dead there's Dead. something
2: about it it's just so this that there, like merch game like their merch game back then yeah top tier why like, yeah, yeah. like, all the way through top tier like every single one you like look at it and go i want that that looks exactly. so that's yeah. cool yeah. like
1: yeah all the, design, so the designs were great and um and they didn't get too corny like they kept them they kind of kept in the original old school uh like graphic design so it was really cool
2: Oh, yeah, it's the same with, like, a uh, Typo Negative merch. I'm yeah. yet to see yeah. a Typo Negative-related shirt, like, jacket, t- like, hoodie or anything like that that I don't want. Like, I, every yeah. time I see it, I'm like, I want, I want that. Like, that looks so cool.
1: Yeah, another another artist that's greatly influential for... Um, actually, I don't know if our bassist really likes Typo, but the other three guys, me and the other two guys, like him a lot, but...
2: <laughs> oh, they, they they grew on me. I My friend yeah, Dylan, a massive Typo fan. And I yeah, never yeah. really got into him, and like I was like, you know what? He loves him that much. I'm gonna give him a listen, yeah. and like I'm. I think I messaged him at like one in the morning, being like, I was so wrong about typo. <laughs> I Was they like, like they're so good? Like, yeah. why ever, why ever given him shit for this for like ages? It, like, it I just, was... uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It, it. I think it's because he he introduced me with him with like a seven minute song, and it's yeah. like if you're gonna introduce someone, show me like you know like a quick one. And then, yeah, like, okay. my Friends, girlfriend,
1: or yeah, yeah. like the, all the those those hits on October. Russ, love you to death. All those, I, I think that's one of the best produced albums I've ever heard. It's so thick, and it doesn't sound like any other album I've heard. The guitar tone, the bass tone are so cool on that album.
2: Oh yeah, I yeah, think my favorite definitely. song by him is Gravity. In my yeah. opinion, like yeah. the, the breakdown in Gravity still holds up to this day.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Right, it's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that band.
2: So obviously with uh Black Flame Eternal on
0: the horizon. Um I did see an article saying, you know, with Sean saying that, you know, the like empowerment and anger were like partly driving forces behind the album. Like would you be able to elaborate? Is that true? Or you know, what's your take on it?
2: Yeah, yeah I mean
1: it was, was quite t- uh tumultuous times in the world when we were writing it. Um, you know, the when he says anger we're more talking about uh the the violent spirit and and the empowerment of the spirit to push through basically Uh, and that's what that album encapsulates it's it's the the power of the spirit and the will of the spirit um and having that iron will to 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 keep moving and to strengthen yourself as an individual so that's um yeah basically what that what this album deals with and um i hope other people find it empowering as well
0: there's something like empowering for you guys as well like pushing through with this album you know again with those times that were going on you know that was definitely not easy for anyone i suppose to be creating music at that time so do you think it's like something that's personal to you guys as well
1: yeah that and um not even related to the pandemic much but just just as a band it's it's hard to to really make your mark and and we were we basically were like we're going for the fucking throat on this album we want to go harder um you know we want to we want to make our our statement basically i think this record is a big statement for cloak so i i hope that kind of comes out
0: yeah i can't wait to hear it to be fair um I want I wanna ask about you for a second as well. um I've had obviously we had a browse of your insta and it seems like you're on like a lot of adventures, a lot of traveling. Um do you have like one particular adventure that you've been on or you know you've been to one place and that just like sticks out as like your favorite?
1: Um I've been to Iceland before. That was really cool. i um, I've I've, uh, I've been over to Amsterdam within the past five years or so with family. it was it was a good trip uh, Germany as well um i've been to wyoming which was a uh i think 2016 which was a really cool trip massive you know massive nature over there obviously huge mountains rivers um so that that was one of my favorites um i almost wish i could go back now having a different kind of eye for like knowing what i'm gonna get into um I, i went with family back then as well but uh there's tons of places around Georgia too to hike, and it's basically it's called the city in the forest because it's so green here. Um, I, I just like taking my dog around, you know, even even around places around my neighborhood, um, and just kind of I, I like to be outside a lot, um, you know. Although Georgia's summer is not my favorite because it's so humid, I, I try to still get outside as much as I can. But uh, we've had a pretty nice spring so far, and uh, the fall and the winter are always I always like it here. So um, yeah, man, I, I like to be outside as much as I can.
0: Yeah. I that's just like such great scenery, like near there as well. Like I've seen pictures and I'd love to go sometime like bet for like camping or just like taking a hike. Like, Sure. Because I mean, I guess like where we're from like around Leeds it's um, we have some scenery and there is some countryside, but like nothing on the scale of like what you have there. So right. Yeah, right. it's incredible.
1: Yeah. I, I like the English countryside too. Um, I remember when, when I was over there, I was pretty young, but I remember driving through it. Um, I I'd, I'd be excited to go back there, but yeah, it has a vibe for sure. That the English countryside, it's 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 cool. What what are they called? The moors? The hills. Oh yeah. Oh, no, did he come? Did
0: he come around near Yorkshire area then? Because like, the, guess like we do we know about the moors in in Yorkshire? Are oh, you not too sure?
1: Not too sure, but I, I'm a big fan of American Werewolf in London, where he says oh. like, <laughs> stay off the moors or, or whatever. Grateful. Yeah,
2: because yeah, uh, the the moors and stuff like that—they're not really too far from us. Like the Lake yeah. District as well is like that's probably like the nicest mm. like place near us, like wilderness. Like okay. it's, just, it's just endless, like just full of lakes, uh, awesome. full of like just waterfalls and and nice little like rock formations and stuff. That's like a really yeah. nice area.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to a place like
2: that. Oh yeah, it, you know what? It's it's cool in some ways but like we don't have like you like the crazy like shit that you guys have a lot of the time where you have like these giant waterfalls and and like nice deserts and and stuff like that we don't really have that it's all kind of like the same sort of thing like no matter where you go um so that's one thing i'm really envious envious of
1: yeah like i would i would love to go to ireland um it's you know it has that kind of vibe that you were talking about but maybe even more green and kind of hilly and, and cliffs and stuff like that but um yeah here america has it's cool because it has all of that um has the desert which i'm not a huge fan of the desert i need i need some green but yeah, uh the green it's okay once in a while um i couldn't live in it though but uh yeah and then you go up north of, in the midwest of north and it's a lot different than um Say Seattle and Portland, which are a cool area of the country, which are very green. You know, it's very rainy and misty there a lot, but they have. That's probably the you know the the best nature you can get as far as mountain hikes and forest hikes. Um, but again, Georgia has Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, North Georgia has tons of, of camping and hiking that you can do. So, yeah, I like it here. I, I I'm probably gonna stay in Georgia. I think everyone um, everyone in the band really likes it here. So, it's a uh, it's also a city in a way that I feel has stunted Cloak a bit because it's, it's really, um, people don't really expect a band like us to come out of here. It's, it's the, like Kylessa and Mastodon and uh, Baroness type of bands, even though some of those bands were Savannah, Georgia, which is a bit South, but um, it's, it kind of has that vibe to the South. Whereas when a band like us, which is more black metal bass comes out, it kind of throws people off, but um, you know, we'd be a band that would maybe come more out of, the pacific northwest or maybe even uh i don't know the, the northeast or something people i don't think really expect <laughs> us to to come out of georgia so it's interesting
2: oh yeah definitely and uh, one thing i also wanted to ask you is uh i noticed that you're also involved with a uh, spellbound printing just want yeah. to know how you got into that as well like you know like, it must be like pretty like full on to keep up with that as well as well as yeah right
1: now it's still kind of a side thing but um essentially I've, I've always had friends at screen printing. I've always been into graphic design and, um, I do most of the cloak designs, not the art, but I get the art and then I, I design them and do the layout. Um, so it was kind of just that next natural step to, to get into screen printing, but really it's, it's Max, our guitarist, that is the main printer. Um, I, I'm kind of the guy that tries to get the clients and, and tries to get the designs together. And, you know, we've done some bootlegs that you probably saw, I like guess the Sabbath, uh, Headless Cross and, I'm working on some other ones now, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a business where we'd like to go full time with it. Um, You know, there's talks of the owner at his shop, maybe fizzling out and we can maybe take it over from there, but you know, it's definitely a job that allows you to tour. You can get other guys to sort of take over when you leave. So we kind of need a job like that The more touring we do. But yeah, no, it's it's me. That's me and the other guitarist, Max. And we yeah, we try to do as much as we can. We've done a lot of bands um merch down here, kind of the southeast area. Uh, a couple of West Coast fans, some some bands touring through that needed some last minute merch designs. Um so it's it's good. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of auto presses at his shop that we use, and then in my basement we have a, a pretty decent manual. Um not using it as much these days, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully it'll be a full time one day d- depending on if we still kind of want to go that route.
0: I expect that you're like you're hustling, you know, you've you've got like so many different things that you you do like the graphic design video, the band obviously like Yeah. Do you, do you like to keep yourself busy? That's the impression that I'm, I'm getting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I try to. Try to. I mean, there's definitely days um, you know, today not much is going on, so there's definitely those days where it's um I have a, I have a pretty free life which I try to keep it that way i try to maintain um i don't like having i'm not that kind of guy that has endless amounts of energy i don't like having too much to do um you know i I like to work out and exercise as well and you need to carve out a chunk of you know two hours every day to do that too so um yeah it's uh yeah i'm not that guy that that is just constantly running around but yeah i like to stay busy with things or else i'll I'll go crazy as well so it's it's i i like balance basically is what i'm saying yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I've found that with myself recently because um, a lot of things that I do are quite digital. And, you know, what my main job is, is quite digital, like my side hobbies were. So I'd set yeah. like a backseat from like doing like photography and video. And I started to do like martial arts on Saturdays. I'm, like, I need to do something that's just not looking at a screen and I could just like right. properly immerse myself. And I think it's definitely useful. So I'm guessing that's the kind of balance that you would get with, you know, exercise and then abandon and, you know, graphic design. <laughs> I think having like different different styles of hobbies is also quite good i found anyway. yeah definitely
1: super important to be active um especially being on stage uh that last festival i felt like i was going to pass out it was so hot uh, never been as close to blacking out <laughs> at that show so it's you got to keep your stamina up for sure um i might need to do some more cardio because i've been doing mostly weights and stuff um because uh yeah i don't really i don't do much cardio because i've always been i've always had that fast metabolism so it's um but maybe I need to get more into it (laughs) to, to keep the stamina up. But yeah, I think uh, being, being active active is is super important. So like you said, kind of having that screen time as well. And I I love movies. So I watch a lot of movies at night. Yeah. I'm a huge movie guy. Um, So every night, basically I'll try to watch, watch a movie if I can. Um, And yeah, so just, I I like the the balance of, of things. I don't like to, you know, There's people I know that are just constantly running around, they don't have any free time. And I would that would kill me. <laughs> yeah, just <it's laughs> burn,
2: yeah. yeah, burn out. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I, I'm I tend to be on like on that side. Because I like yeah. to fill up like as much as possible. But I right, don't right. realize that I've done it. Like there'll be right. shit that I've booked like months in advance, like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Then that I'll completely forget about it and I'll just be like, oh shit. And I've I'll be like, I've got nine other other things to do.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, it's a lot so. man. some people some people thrive on that though. I think um like like if that's working for you, that's I mean, sometimes I wish I I could be a little more like that at times, but um it's a lot of band stuff is a lot of hurry up and wait, you know what I mean? Mm. It's a lot of the the even on tour, it's sitting in a van all day, which is not the most fun, but then you get, you know, and then you get to the venue and you gotta rush, you gotta set everything up. So it's it's a lot of that. Um yeah, a lot of this uh industry of, of music or film is a, is just a lot of hurry up and wait you have slow days and then you have like really busy fast days so it's 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 a weird kind of dichotomy
2: oh yeah it's like the writing process with being in a band i always find that uh, i mean to be fair it's like one of the only processes that we've been stuck in at the moment but the writing process is just like it's fun but also just not fun in just such a weird way it's like this should be like you know like such a funny time but sometimes you'll be sat there thinking i just wish we were done with this now <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. it's, it's torturous i mean I, yeah i mean then again i guess the kind of musical writing you need to put yourself through a little bit of pain or, or hell to get there um you know all great art comes from suffering type of type of scenario um yeah it's uh it's grueling <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, everyone always just assumes that. It's oh yeah, but writing music must be fun. It's like it's like there's like a ten percent chunk where it gets towards the end when you know you're close to the end, but you just have to work out the last few kinks where you're there, like, I'm sick of this now. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And then when you get there, it's like the best high ever. You're you know, you got that that part or that song, but uh getting there sometimes can be fucking grueling and hellish. So it's As it should be uh, you know writing writing this type of stuff but yeah it's it's not i wouldn't call it fun <laughs> i think like also
0: just like you know just doing anything creative like when you've got to write something like i've had this like short film scripts that i've been like trying to finish for ages and i started writing it like october time you know i went from like a pace of just writing every and you know, every two weeks i was like proper into it and i just like lost motivation and lost like inspiration and like i haven't come back to it since because i'm just waiting for that moment and it's like it's really hard to force yourself to like you know make something i think it's much harder than what people think but you know don't do anything like that for sure
1: yeah and you can't you can't force it or it's just going to be bad um yeah yeah no that's that's cool though that you're involved in that i, I love trying to do um scripts and things like our my guitars uh who i do the screen printing with we do you know we've been talking about trying to do some sort of short film stuff. Um, We wanted to make like a short Halloween film a couple of years ago and just, just things like that on the side, but we never got around to it, but I would love to do that again someday. Cause like I said, we kind of came up, not him, but my other friends when I was younger, just making movies and things like that. And it's always a good time. And it kind of keeps the creative juices flowing.
0: Yeah, I always wonder, like, um, because I used to do the same thing when I was young I used to just, like, go out with my friends and make movies, like, I yeah. wonder, like, what the difference is when you get older, it's, like, you just get more busy, or, like, I don't know, for me, I think sometimes there's all these things in my head, like, oh, you know, how are we going to get it produced, how's this, how's this, like, I think it's, like, so much logistics and not just going out and shooting, that I think that's sort of lost in that time, but yeah. I think that's what I need to drive back, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, because now you're, you want it to be, you know, more professional probably now than you did back then. But but that was the magic back being young back then, just doing it, (laughs) get together and just doing it, not really caring. But yeah, I know now nowadays it's when you're older, you want it to be a little more put together and organized, but it's, it's hard to find people to do that with the older you get, you know, people get married, they have kids, they can't do anything. So, um, you know, I'm pretty freed up in that aspect. So it's, it's, you have fewer and fewer people that can do, or even play music with you at this point.
2: Oh, I I found that when I was like first doing bands at like 19, like you'd put a post up and then all of a sudden you would have an inbox full of like also 19 year old guys being like, I want to start a band too. And you'd have like just endless, endless people. But then as it gets more serious, you're like, Oh, I know what I want to do with music. You know, this is the, this is my, my, my sort of vision. Right. And the older you get, the less people you go, that'll go, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Because chances are they're like, oh, I'm already in, like, far over things. I, I just don't have time to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. People run out of time or, yeah, or they, they you know, they have kids. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's harder and harder. And now entering my 30s, it's just <laughs> extremely hard to find people to do it.
0: No, I can I imagine... Think. So we do have uh, one more question for you. Um, it's one way that we always like to leave it now, but um, if you and the band were in a zombie apocalypse or any kind of apocalypse, which member would you be least reliant on and which member would you be most reliant on? Oh, uh,
1: man, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> here, but uh, uh, I- I'd probably be, well, man, you're going to put me on the spot. They're going to be <laughs> mad at me. Yeah. Um, i rely on max the most in, in 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 the band uh to do things so maybe I'll, I'll choose him but um i don't know the rhythm section they can they can figure their own shit out <laughs> uh yeah so i'll just leave it at that
0: <laughs> so max can see the podcast Then there's nobody else <laughs> yeah,
1: but, yeah, every time i love the other guys too but um me, me and max do the most uh we have the most time to do the most stuff in the band so that's that was kind of a joking way to answer that question but yeah i think they're all pretty reliable guys so i think we'd be a, a tight group together in, in the in the apocalypse so yeah every answer. time like yeah. uh, a good one <laughs> every
2: every time we ask that question i always like have just the image in, in my head of like next band practice being like, all right who was it?
1: Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like... I mean, there's always yeah. I mean, the joke is is the bass player, but
2: you
1: know, yeah, which I'm sure many bands have chosen on the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, yeah. there is like like the ratio between bass player and not bass player when it comes to like the yeah. least reliant one. It's like it's always the ratio is more bass player. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus <laughs> we've
0: got the bass player on then, you know, different answers, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He's like he's like the fucking lead singer, man. Yeah. Fucking guy. <laughs>
0: he's always putting me through shit, man. Like... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah but, uh,
0: thank uh, you so uh, much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking up. to you. But I can't wait yeah. to listen to the new album. And if you're listening now, yeah. Make sure you go check that out. Is it is it May the twenty sixth, I believe? So? Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah cool check it out then
1: awesome appreciate it man uh thanks thanks to both of you for having me on i really enjoyed this
0: yeah no, no worries, problem at worries. all thank you. To
1: you awesome all right
0: awesome all right see you in a bit thank you